What's up? Welcome to the Part-Time Rockstar Podcast, episode 146, this week featuring my guest Hunter Guzinski, uh, the New Jersey folk band Steam Engines, and that is uh, Steam Engines with two S's. Uh, They will be at the Part-Time Rockstar Fest coming up in Pennsylvania in just a couple weeks on September 10th at Phantom Power in Lancaster, PA. Um, but yeah, the band has a brand new album out called Lady of the Lake. Um, I featured a couple songs off of that, one called With Flowers and one called Lady of the Lake. So if you like them, you can definitely check them out on Spotify, iTunes, and all that stuff wherever you listen to music. Um, Hunter says the band kind of uses primarily acoustic instruments to evoke the emotional themes and metaphors of fantasy novels. So if you're into that sort of stuff, maybe it will resonate with you. Um, I dropped all the links in the episode notes, so you can check them out there as well. But uh, as always, um, thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting local music, local art, and local community, all that stuff. Uh, Definitely appreciate it. Uh, Feel free to subscribe to the podcast if you want. And um, yeah, in personal news and notes, a big weekend coming up. My band, The Hollow Truths. We'll be playing at the Metro in Baltimore on Friday night. Um, we've got a bunch of our friends' bands playing with us. And then uh, Saturday, we're in Catonsville at the Sunrider Music Fest, uh, which will be awesome. Definitely looking forward to that. There'll be like 20 different bands, four stages, all that stuff. It's going to be a great, great afternoon. If you're thinking about stopping by in the area, definitely check that out. Then uh, last two things is that uh, Part-Time Rockstar Productions is operational if you're looking to make a music video. And then Truly Strings Guitar Shop out of Laurel, Maryland, in between D.C. and Baltimore. Uh, Truly Strings is where I take all my guitars and check them out on Instagram. Yeah, without uh, any further ado, get to the conversation with Hunter. I'm a part-time rockstar, and I go to work. say that at some point before but um hi brett my name is hunter cool got that one um but welcome on uh what i call the part-time rockstar podcast it's just something i started i think two years ago now so um and obviously uh excited to maybe branch out with these little music festivals and stuff as well which i guess was kind of the uh the impetus for me hitting you up on this particular week um, since, um, September 10th is coming up quick. So it's Yeah, been, August is ending uh, much quicker than I thought it would. Yeah, I feel like it's been the absolute fastest month of the summer. Maybe it always is, but yeah, it's crazy that it's almost September. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, um, obviously your band is the Steam Engines, so I figured we'd just, uh, you know, get a quick rundown on you guys and your music, your album, or albums. I actually only saw one on Spotify, but I'm, you might have more for all I know. Um, yeah, there's like there's a there's another one from two years ago, and then there's like a compilation thing too. Nice. That was like a bunch of EPs that I released a long time ago. Then I just kind of made one thing. Cool. So you are officially the ringleader of your circus, like the yeah. Main... Well, it's tech. It's technically just me, really. Okay. It's, uh, it started off as just a thing. I had another band that was kind of a full yeah. full band, and but. It's, that kind of got a little heady and a little there was a lot going on and those songs were really complicated there was a lot of parts and it was always hard to keep members so then i'd end up playing acoustic for most shows because sometimes we wouldn't have a drummer in the band or yeah so then i just decided why don't i just make my main music the acoustic music instead of trying to replicate full electric songs to acoustic then i would make these acoustic songs and then those could be replicated electric Gotcha. So I started making these EPs while I was in this other band. And that became this project. And then it's still technically just me, but I do have, on the newest album, Lady of the Lake, I did have people play with me. My brother-in-law played bass. Uh, my friend Jen played all the strings. Nice. Um, my friend Matt Kahn, who is in a fairly popular band called uh, Career Opportunities. Gotcha. Um, he played drums. He's a he's an incredible like jazz guitarist, but he played drums for me. He's a you can check him on TikTok. He's a he like transposes jazz nice. trumpet solos to guitar. It's insane. That's, yeah, that's what's up. I mean, it sounded like full band to me. Um, uh, how are you planning on playing in uh, Lancaster solo or trying to put a band together? Or I'm trying to get people to play with me. I'd like. I'd like to do a couple shows with all of those people who played on the album play with me live because I'd like to give them that opportunity to play those songs. Yeah. Um, I think right now it's just me acoustic, but I think my brother-in-law Andrew might play with me and do some stuff, either play bass or play some like accompanied lead guitar parts or something. Maybe I was talking to my other friend, John, who plays drums. He's an incredible drummer. He played in my old band. I'd yeah. love to get him to play, but who knows? That's cool. Yeah, um, going into this a little bit more, like, um, I guess I would say less researched than uh, my last festival, in that I know less of the bands um, going in, partially because it's out of town, and partially because, um, to be honest, uh, the date kind of sprung up a little bit uh, quicker than I thought it would. It's just kind of funny how it all worked together. I wasn't sure if I was going to do one in the fall, and then uh, the venue emailed me back and was like, yeah, let's do it. So I was like, all right, I will uh, put on my promoter shoes and uh, see if I can uh, wheel this thing together. Um, so I've been trying to talk to bands leading up to it, you know, obviously, like okay. in the Lancaster area or um, you guys are from Jersey. Yeah, Jersey based, Jersey based. But a lot of the people who played on the album and I recorded are in Philly and I recorded it in Philly, too. So gotcha. there's a lot of there's some half area there yeah it seems to be uh, a common theme of people i've talked to in philly it's like some people live in jersey and whatever yeah um, Jer the jersey scene is so strange that you kind of have to be if you're a jersey band you're either like half in philly all the time or you're half in new york all the time yeah because there's just no how, it's a weird industry here 
Yeah, how far outside the city are you? Um, about an hour and a half from New York, and I'm about an hour from Philly. So, okay. yeah, I try. I t- tend to frequent. <laughs> sorry, coughing. I try to frequent both as much as possible. I did some New York shows last month, and I have the That's cool. the the Lancaster show coming up next month, and I have a Philly show definite in October as well. Right on. Yeah, I'm uh, just trying to branch out up there myself. Finally got to play up in like Brooklyn earlier in the summer. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Um, and then try to get up to Philly here and there. It's, uh, it's definitely fun. I really like Philly. It's just Baltimore times four or five, maybe. <laughs> just way bigger. But... Yeah, Philly's, it's, Philly's strange too because you walk around and it's kind of depending on where you are. There's a lot of people or it's there's nobody and then you play these like weird shows and there's yeah kids come out from everywhere it's crazy yeah. and from jersey too people jersey people pile into philly yeah for sure i i don't know where there is to play in jersey other than like i guess i see people play in like asbury park sometimes but i don't know yeah asbury is really the only place that has real somewhat real places unless you're playing like a house show in like New Brunswick or there's a place called yeah. the Meat Locker in North Jersey that gets a lot of shows. Right on. There used to be more like it used to be more like the bar scene here, but they it, it makes it really hard for indie bands to play there because they all want you to sell twenty tickets ahead of time and if you don't sell twenty tickets you have to pay the difference and they want yeah. cover bands and you get put on these bills with there's a metal band and there's a folk band and there's an indie band. So it's always it's just a weird place to play because it's not really Jersey's not super metropolitan, but it's not also it's not super rural either. We kind of have like this mix of. I mean, I don't know what the scene's like in Jersey City and Newark. Yeah. I don't live there, but when you kind of live in the rest of Jersey, it's a unless you're a cover band, there's nowhere normal to play unless you're going to yeah. Philly or New York. Yeah, it makes sense. Um can always DIY it if you need to, which I yeah. guess is which, kind of, I don't know. That's how we do it. <laughs> yeah. A lot of basement shows. Yeah, why not? I mean, that's kind of what I've been doing with this podcast a little bit. Is uh, Although it's at an official venue, um, you know, I've basically done the same idea, just like at a farm, you know. Hmm. So this is yep. a, little, a little bit more sanctioned or commercial, maybe. Um. I think if it were truly up to me, I'd still rather just do it on a farm where, you know, I don't have to sell tickets or anything like that and just do it like sort of donation based. But yeah, that'd um, be nice. we'll see. I'm, uh, I'm definitely hoping to branch out, you know, in different little ways. This will, this happened, like I said, quicker than I thought it would. I figured for year one, we'd just do one festival for the podcast and then, you know, kind of like look around and see if, if there was interest in doing it, but I didn't expect necessarily there to be interest right away. So, um, it's kind of cool that it worked out already because I'm really thinking about building this more into like, you know, year two, three, four, where it can really start to get some inertia or momentum and like, I don't know, maybe, uh, maybe try to get a bigger headliner on or something. Uh, I don't know. Anything's possible. Yeah. I mean, things happen all the time, right? Yeah. It's talking to one of uh, my podcast friends, I guess, um, who started a pet, uh, festival out in Pittsburgh called Four Chord, 
And um, that thing's blown up over the last five or six years. So, I don't know. Yeah. Um, regardless, though, it's just cool to get people together and, uh, you know, get something for, like, us regular bands to be able to play. Yeah, and that's the, that's the thing, too. I mean, doesn't matter where it is. Bands just want to play, right? They yeah. just want to just want to get in front of people and play and make music and that's that's the ultimate goal right it should be anyway yeah yeah and i don't know i i've met some people who i think kind of inspired my or the idea to do it but sometimes they kind of do it in like a greasy way and like i'm trying (laughs) i'm trying to like do like I've learned a little bit of exactly how I don't want to do things, if that makes sense. So I, oh I don't for know. sure, yeah. Um, I don't know how it'll play out moving forward. Maybe I'll turn into a greasy, slimy promoter like the rest of them, but uh, <laughs> that's certainly but not my goal. are strange. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't expressly to be an expert in promotion, yeah. but there, there are certainly when you're playing shows, you either get the really old jaded people that yeah. they have a very strict way of doing their thing and they don't care about the music. They just care about the money or right. but then you get these younger people. I'm sure like yourself, who are just trying to put on good shows and they yeah. love the music and they're trying to do something cool. It's always hard trying. I mean, you learn the hard way, which places are which one and how to, do, yeah. how to navigate that. Yeah. Yeah, at this point, I'm just hoping that um, it can go off and everything can work and everybody can get to play and I don't lose hundreds of dollars, thousands of dollars (laughs) in the process. (laughs) Sure, yeah. That's really my only goal. If I break even, I'm like stoked. So. Yeah, absolutely. um, But yeah, we could talk about uh, your music, obviously, a little bit more in depth if you'd like. Um, Sure. Obviously, the... uh, the album, or EP, I guess it is a full album, is uh, Lady of the Lake. Um, yes. Got some interesting artwork there. I don't know if, if you have a, a story behind that. But, um, uh, it's an old it's an old print. Uh, I bought it. On a, I was just, I scroll through different, like, resale sites looking for old postcards or prints or old flyers and stuff. So yeah. I just like, um, I like older stuff. So I like looking at that stuff and collecting that kind of thing. And I found that print. It's specifically, it's a some artwork of in like Arthurian mythology about King Arthur. There's like the story of Lancelot and Guinevere, and not not as known stories that Lancelot had another wife, and she yeah. ended up committing suicide. So that picture is of Lancelot's dead wife Elaine uh, ah. being rowed out somewhere and that's a lot of the album is linked to those themes and so I found that and I thought it was a striking image so I kind of cropped it and, right on. and luckily it's uh it's over 100 years old so we got some uh, free copyright on that one <laughs> nice um, yes so it's a wanna... cool photo yeah so do you want to break down those themes like a little more as far as how they apply to the songs i mean obviously sure. you have a song itself called guinevere so i feel like that's probably pretty straightforward but maybe not 
Um, yeah, yeah, I kind of took a lot of. Uh, I really, I'm, I'm a big fantasy fan. I, I read a lot of fantasy books and. Nice. A lot of my writing, kind of, I get inspired a lot by reading fantasy novels, and I think that there's an untapped thing in how people consume media where fantasy and i mean i'm not really big into sci-fi but people sci-fi i think would think the same thing where a lot of literary analysis doesn't go to towards fantasy because it's you know it's not based in reality always but a lot of times yeah. those those stories and books are are as old as time and that's what mythology is we study mythology but we don't study fantasy books so i get inspired by reading fantasy books and i mean good ones and yeah. how they bring their characters to life and their worlds to life. So sometimes I write a song about what I'm reading or it can inspire just certain lyrics. And I was reading a lot of over the pandemic, a lot of uh, Thomas Mallory and his version of the uh, King Arthur stories and some of the other ones from some of the French ones as well. And I kind of really just liked those and what was going on in my life at the time. And I kind of filtered my life through these old myths and kind of change them a bit to my liking and put those characters in situations I was in and vice versa and kind nice. of told my life the chunk of my life I was going through at the time through these old characters and how it was related to it and similar to it pretty interesting man care to break <laughs> that down even further is there like one specific scenario that you could think well, of I mentioned? really like the um I re a lot of it is parallel between just my like, making parallels of myself and my wife and Guinevere and Lancelot and kind of going through that story, but also just things in life and yeah, what we were going uh, through. Basically <laughs> about your uh, your other wife, yeah. your mistress. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I wish. No, I'm not that, <laughs> I'm not that suave. Um, <laughs> no, just like the the concept also of just death. And what we were going through with the pandemic at the time, and my wife and my mother both have autoimmune issues, so I was constantly thinking about their health, and so a lot of that is also filtered through that idea of like things lasting and what what's going to happen at some point or what could happen at some point, and the futility of life, I guess, and mortality that we all have. So that kind of the whole second half of the album, like you kind of have like the first half kind of ramps up really quickly and you have a lot mm. of this immediate stuff. And then the second half is kind of dour because just like anything like with life or love or when you find somebody like that beginning half is always like really fun and quick and exciting. And the second half of just things do slowly deteriorate or get weird or worse. Or so yeah. that kind of arc I wanted to encapsulate in the album and the themes and to get, go from slow to exciting to, dense and then darker and to eventually get to a more somber place to end up the album on yeah the ballad of will or a ballad as a will yeah it's certainly it's a that one's hard to play yeah uh musically or emotionally or emotionally oh. yeah emotionally for sure it's yeah. just I and mean, it's a kind of i it's one of those things that I don't think it would make a lot of sense to anybody else, but it makes a lot of sense to me because it's it's kind of yeah. a cut up little song, and it there's a lot of different things and a lot of different references that only I would know. Gotcha. So playing it can be hard, and I kind of kind of gets trance like at some point. 
Well, that could be a cool thing. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I'm sure it is. For, I think it's captivating to watch, but there's like, yeah, there's a uh, one. Uh, one of the artists that uh, Kurt Cobain was a big fan of back in the '90s was Gary Johnston, and I think he actually had a documentary he put out recently. But anyway, he was like super schizophrenic dude, um, and had some really oh, like Daniel Johnston. Yeah, what did I say, Gary Johnston? Yeah, yeah uh, my Daniel, bad. Daniel Johnson. I love. I'm a yeah. huge Daniel Johnson fan. Oh, cool. So you, you know the deal. How he would just cry on stage all the time or whatever, just like pure, like raw emotion, because he had no yeah. ability to like control it, you know, or anything like that. It just like whatever came out of him just came out of him, like in the like purest sense. So. Yeah, I, I, his records are amazing to me, and I love them so much because there's just such a simplicity in emotion that you don't mm. always get in modern music right it's like specifically because we you know we we get so heady now and so metaphorical where he kind of came at it from point of view almost like when you look at some old music from the 20s and 30s where it's just yeah. kind of lay it out there you know because there's not a, no metaphor yeah it's like everybody else has to play an act or like hide or like use use your illusion a little or whatever it is sure and sure. like whether it's schizophrenia or whether it's personality like he just didn't have that at all so i don't know yeah there's like the his sessions for what became i think 1990 1989 that album where half of the album's him playing in a store and they recorded it and it's just him song funeral home and it's just he's just singing the same part over and over and over again and the audience is kind of with him for a bit and then they kind of like back out like is it still happening do we still sing along with it because he's just He's just, he's still going, singing the same part over and over again. Yeah. So, I don't know, man. Art is a little different for everybody. That's for sure. Absolutely, yeah. But, I think uh, that's that's probably interesting for you talking to so many different artists. I'm sure you get a lot of different takes and a lot of different ideas. Yeah. It's like there's the same common themes in a lot of ways, and then it's like a million different approaches to it all. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, sometimes it's, uh, what, what do they say that, you know, talking about music's like dancing about architecture or something like that. <laughs> sure. It's okay. Like, yeah. So sometimes it's a little bit like that. It's like, um, a bit, uh, arbitrary, but I do my best to, uh, hopefully come up with something interesting to ask you or talk about. <laughs> yeah. So. I think that's also the, that's probably the hard thing too, is that when you talk about sometimes the more you talk about something, the, like the less special it is in certain ways. But then also, right. you do want to know about it too. And there, are, there's like a line where there's some music fans I know that don't want to know anything about an artist. They just want to listen to music. Yeah, I've always been the total opposite of that. Me too. I want to know absolutely everything. Yeah. I want to, I want to know every secret, every no stone left unturned with me. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I also grew so grew up in like uh, skateboarding culture so like you know reading the magazines and sure. stuff like that and it's like i don't know i feel like i always like interviews like whether they're you know recorded like this or if they're just like like a magazine interview same with like guitar <laughs> worlds and all that stuff you know always devoured those yeah i was actually just talking with my my wife not too long ago about we were watching a if we were watching the new Jackass movie or we were watching Steve-O's oh, yeah. podcast or something, but 
we were just talking about how I don't think people understand these days. I don't like I don't mean to be sound like an old person, but there was a time 15 years ago where skateboarding was such a prevalent thing in our culture and yeah. specifically America. Like that was everything. Like everybody skated, everybody like Bam Margera was a household name. Tony Hawk was yeah. a household name. Like it was a different world then. Part of it was MTV though. Sure. Like, if sure, you think yeah. about it, like whatever was on MTV was the shit kind of because there wasn't even social media yet right i mean you couldn't yeah. even scroll on instagram or tiktok or whatever it was like you kind of had yeah, to absolutely. watch old school tv like cable yeah. or something so i feel like that was definitely a big part of it as well yeah we all kind of watched the same things because there was yeah it was like nothing wasn't else. a lot to watch <laughs> yeah comparatively but yeah no it's a good point it is weird a little bit like to me skateboarding's never died off but then again, I, sure, I, I've all, sure, yeah. I guess I've also forgotten how big it used to be, too, like when you bring that up. Um, but I just consider myself kind of old, so it's just like, well, <laughs> I assume every kid still skates if you're young, but I guess they probably don't. So, yeah, I, don't I, don't, I, I, definitely, I definitely see it still happening, absolutely. Yeah. There's always kids skating. I think there always will be. Because I'm still like, Occasionally, you know, the old guy at skate park, you know, the old bull troll, whatever, out there cruising around, (laughs) and the parks are still packed, you know, like, and there's still a lot of new ones coming up, which makes me really happy, you know, like, in a way, envious, actually, because when I was a kid, man, there just weren't as many parks as there are now. Yeah, I just saw that the, um, they just built one in, or crowdfunded one in, in Louisiana, in Boston, Louisiana. And they did a bunch of charity donations to build it so the kids could have something. And uh, Jeff Manga from Nutrimilkotel did a couple, like, signings to, like, raise money for it. And, like, nice. skate parks are still a place for kids to go to, you know, they don't want to be home. It's a safe place to go to, usually. Or it's, you know, there's life yeah. happening there. Yeah, or you can buy drugs there, you know, whatever you need. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, one-stop shop. Um, you have everything you need at the local skate park. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, you did mention, um, that you said, uh, what, I think the song Lady of the Lake was like, um, one you mentioned that I should listen to when you texted me. And, uh, there was one more. Was it Last Words? It have been Last Words or With Flowers. Or with, yeah. And I just wasn't sure if you meant, um, because those were like more or less the singles, you know? The bangers, they, as the kids say, or if there was mm. just some story behind them that, like, they're definitely know. the the people that pulled them out as the bangers. They've okay. been the one. They've been the most streamed and the most talked about. Um, gotcha. And as as the record rolled out last weekend, there's you know some other ones are being talked about more now too. When people message me, which is nice, and certainly ones I didn't think that would be, but those two were the first ones I did release. Did you say it, I did a video for? Okay, cool. Did you say the album just came out last week? Yeah, Friday, August 12th, it came out. Oh, wow. That's awesome. I didn't catch that. So it's uh, it's been an interesting week. We just passed over the, the one-week hump, and it's, it's, yeah. uh, it's still taxing. to. I'm not one for a ton of social media, so it's always weird to be in the position of now I have to be a social media person, and I have to make posts, and 
communicate with people and message people, which yes. is not my not my natural state. Welcome to the dark side. <laughs> I know, I know. It feels like that sometimes. You, you can't really hide from it too much if if you want to do this sort of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, but I don't know. I also feel like in uh, maybe I'm in denial, but there's like a possible way to use it sort of proactively rather than passively. I know sure. intrinsically think, yeah. we are all the product in that if you use it, you're being studied like a human in a cage. But, uh, yeah, yeah. We, 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 we 100% are, but at the same time, I just wish that like, if you have like a page that's like, um, a band or a business, it wasn't just automatically downvoted to oblivion all the time by the, you know, the dark side of the algorithm. Right. You're basically like shadow banned off the, out of the gate, unless you are talking about, well, I don't know what you're supposed to be talking about. Probably arguing with your like long distant cousins about politics. If you, if you do that, then it's the algorithm loves it and we'll put it all up at the top. So, yeah, because I think it just makes Discord and it makes clicks, you know? Right. Um, so. Yeah, it, it does feel like you're just always posting into the void, you know? When you put something yeah. out, it's... <laughs> unless... There's always that weird break that it's hard to get past where, oh, I'm getting likes from people that I know or people that follow me, but I'm not getting likes from people that don't follow me. I'm not broadening yeah. the audience, and it's how how do we get past that threshold? And then how do we get past the next threshold? And it's always these these yeah. weird like uh non-corporeal battles that we play with our phone where it's just like yeah. it's a whole other industry really and it's it is a necessary evil and we have to even if it is even if it is totally evil we need to use it for our benefit in some <laughs> capacity yeah i guess it isn't totally evil because honestly without it it would be way bigger of a pain to get that's, anything yeah, out that's true so like I don't even know if I could do this podcast without having some kind of like social platform because yeah. I don't know how I'd meet people other than actual shows, which even then sometimes is like honestly more of a pain in a weird way. Just, I don't know. Yeah, shows can be strange. You either get, <clears throat> sorry, shows can be strange. They're, you either, either the, the, to use the word, if the vibe is right or the vibe is wrong in yeah. a show, you know, if the fans are all cool and everybody's really getting along, the show's going well and everybody's having a good time and meet a lot of people or all the band is really reacting and you get this weird yeah. thing and then you feel like, oh, should I have even played that show? Was it worth it coming out tonight? Was <laughs> it worth spending money? You know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, cool. I mean, um, I feel like we definitely, uh, got through a fair amount of your material and, uh, talked about all of that. Um, you already mentioned like people who played on the record, which is kind of like, you know, something I also try to bring up just to make sure mm -hmm. everybody gets their, uh, their two, uh, seconds of fame in, um, if they did get to play. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, normally I wind things down too by asking what shows are coming up. And obviously, you know, we're here to kind of promote the uh, September one, but yeah, uh, yeah. which is, of course, September 10th at Phantom Power, Lancaster, PA. But um, yeah, do you have any more? 
um, after that or before that? Uh, I guess just to promote people that played on the album, like you can, besides my yeah. stuff, you can click on and view and listen to. Um, my brother-in-law, Andrew, produced, co-produced and mixed and engineered it, and he has a project called Labrum you can listen to. Nice. Um, Matt Kahn played drums. He has He's an incredible guitar player in his project. Uh, career opportunities, or he does a lot of jazz stuff. You can follow him. He's great. Jen, who played all strings, she does a lot of session work, and she is available if you want you know, to book someone to play strings on your stuff remotely or in person if you need somebody for a show. Um, yeah. Mackenzie played piano. She's a she has more of like a pop sound, and she releases these great pop songs. And they're I really like them. They're cool. You can check her stuff out. Um, and well, there's a couple other people who just played a couple just little parts on the thing, and it's nice. It's always nice to have those people around too that I know who played on it, and it means a lot that my friend did this little part on an album. You know that a listener might not know, but I might know. So I'm yeah. happy that those people played too. But. Yeah, man. Well, cool. Um, definitely looking forward to meeting you in real life. Um, here Absolutely, in yeah. A couple weeks. Hopefully uh, weather's good and, I don't know, no whammies, no hang-ups. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, never know. But, uh, yeah, I guess send me the MP3s to, uh, to With Flowers. Um or Last Words, or Lady of the Lake, or whichever one uh, you want on this episode. Sure, will do. Cool. Um, I'll definitely get this edited up and out on the airwaves for the week. And, um, yeah, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Thanks. I'm glad we were able to figure it out. Yeah, sorry about the other night. I don't know what was going on there. I don't think the... uh, No, me neither. I'm really sorry about that. I don't think the gods wanted it to happen. The internet gods... It was a uh, universal sign. They needed to wait. <laughs> so, yeah. That's cool, dude. Um, that's yeah. pretty much all I got. Um, sure. Oh, yeah. Send me the files, too, for the actual conversation. Yeah, I'll, I'll send them individually with the MP3s for the songs, too. Perfect. All right. Um, that's pretty much it. So, have a good rest right. of uh, your afternoon. And, you uh, as well. We'll see you soon. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Thank you. So, yeah, I want to thank Hunter for coming on the show and thank you for listening. If you made it this far, the song you hear in the background is called Lady of the Lake. Definitely go check it out uh, wherever you listen to music and uh, have a great week. The fire turned back to the earth when I said goodbye to you. And I know you. Thank you.
Maria 